Welcome back to another episode of Leafs Talk Forever. Uh, Kyle is with us. What a loser. He missed last week for uh, quote-unquote golf for Thursday Night Football. Um, we got a very special episode tonight. We have James from Offside Hockey Talk, who's a huge uh, Maple Leaf supporter, big on TikTok, big on Twitter, coming on to talk Leafs with us uh, in about half an hour. So we're going to run through um, a quick new segment, breakdown of the preseason, uh, the last two games, and then we're going to get into our betting segment with Kyle. Ad break right into James for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it takes, talking straight hockey. Uh, if you guys don't know him, look him up because he's a sweet guy. All right, without further ado, I'm going to pass this over to uh, Scott. He Oh, also, this is a partnership of DraftKings. Nope, sorry, this is a partnership of the Podcast Network, sponsored by DraftKings. Uh, and uh, so make sure you bet THPN is the promo code. So get that promo code in, make some money. Scott's going to uh, touch on the first topic, and then we're going to move right into the preseason uh, breakdown. Scott, take it away. Yeah, so our first topic that we want to quickly touch on is the continuation of the Hockey Canada scandal. Uh, two things happened. Uh, partnerships or sponsorships have been pulling out. Uh, Tim Hortons, Canadian Tire, and... Uh, tell us, I think, was the other one that all pulled out after the reveal that, that they had another, well, I wouldn't say hidden, but unknown account uh, for finances that they were using to pay off or support the financial uh, side of the, the um, payments for the, the sexual assault scandals and, and harassment claims and stuff. Uh, so those, because of that news and the other stuff that's already been reported on, uh, sponsorships have started to pull out. And Hockey Canada looks like it's in uh, in some deep water. If you want to know more, because we are in a bit of a time crunch because we have a guest coming on, uh, follow Rick Westhead on Twitter. He's been all over it, amongst other reporters, whatever your go-to reporter is. Um, but yeah, Rick Westhead has been all over it. So if you want to know more, look up his articles, look him up on Twitter, because he's, he's right in on it. Also, not just because the time crunch, just in, just the fact that I mean, we are just three guys who read and interpret exactly what they would read. So it's kind of cool to have um, inside scoops with Rick Westhead, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we could go longer if, if we wanted to oh, get our opinions. but Because we do have some opinions on it. But because of the fact that we have a guest coming on, we wanted to respect that time for him. So we didn't go in as, as in-depth as we normally would. Yeah, yeah so if you excited. want to know more. Super excited story about the, the guest stars. So, if you want to know more, Rick Westhead, Twitter, TSN, wherever you get your sports news. Sports I'm sure Nets even covering on it. it. Uh, but yeah, I like, think Rick Westhead is the, the, the main reporter on most of the inside stuff, and everybody else is yeah. just jumping off of that. So, so, so main actually that even like American podcasts are using his, um, his findings and talking about it. Yeah. He's also so the one who broke the, the Kyle Beach story, too. So, Yeah. So, yeah, look him up. He does great work and great articles. So if you want to know more, look him up. All right. And uh, so, obviously, that's a sad situation. Um, and and just to touch on a little bit more, there's, there's other provinces pulling out of the Hockey Canada uh, fees registration, all that kind of stuff. So I uh, will... We'll try to park that. It's not that we're not worried about it. It's just it's we want to try and keep it positive here. So let's move on to the preseason. 
Uh, Kyle, did you watch the first game on the 30th? I, I think that was a Friday. You did? I did watch the first game. All righty, Will. You want to take this one? Um, yeah, I mean, that that game, Nick Robertson, I know we've been uh, we've been talking about it a lot, uh, whether he's on the bubble or not. It uh, seems as though he's he's set to make the team based off of what I've I've seen he definitely deserves it based off of the points and how he's played. Um, even all the other guys contributing, um, our new guy, Obey Kubel, Dennis Mulligan, Mete, Hall, you're seeing everyone produce. Um, Justin Hall, this whole preseason, wow, this guy's just been a point machine. I don't know what Easy. happened to him. Okay, you you know my opinion on him. We all know he, <laughs> he, he cut his hair. That's why he did something. Maybe he gave him some more some more speed or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, six three. But uh, yeah, Robertson's looked good. Um, even in the Montreal game too, put up a bunch of points. Uh, what was it three assists or something? Two assists. Three assists. Yeah. Yeah, some say some say he was a player of the game of both games, and Sheldon Keith said that this was the best he's ever looked in a Toronto Blue jersey. So, some high praise for sure. Even our goaltending, like I know, it's it's still early to say like our goaltending, like oh we're gonna be amazing going into the year. But like Samsonov and Murray, like they've they've looked pretty good, both of them. I know it's just preseason, but like it, it's a good start. Yeah, I think Matt Murray needed this start too, so good on him for uh, sticking with it and kicking ass. Um, I, 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 Sam Sonoff, I think that, I mean, we we watched, well, I didn't watch the full game, but I watched the last period of it, and, and I think he, like, you guys can correct me here, I think he played pretty well. I mean, three goals, 900, a 900 save percentage is what we got last year through from Jack Campbell. So it's like we're not not used to it. Tron can outscore if if we can get Samson off and Matt Murray to average a 900, 915 save percentage. Tron can definitely outscore their opponent. But you guys see any any flaws in this game? Like I, I saw some people were talking about uh, something in the first or second period. He had a mishandle of the puck. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I think. Oh, no, go Kyle. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean. Um... Not every goaltender is gonna be Mike Smith with with the puck, right? Like, um, I don't think a goaltender handling the puck is uh, like to have bad handling of a puck is like that big of a flaw. But um, I don't know. Some people might think otherwise. What do you got to say about that, Scott? Uh, I was gonna kind of say the same thing. Is although there was that moment. You could argue, I guess, there was maybe a couple moments where that one stood out, though, because it was pretty pretty bad. But I was just going to say the same thing. is You can't really base it on that one moment, or you can't really base his play on just his stick-handling ability because he has been playing well, even if it's just two games in the preseason. But going into the preseason, there was a lot of worry about the goalies, and I think they've been pretty impressive so far. If they can continue that into the season is another story. But, yeah, I was just – Similar to what Kyle was going to say. I think, um, like, correct me if you guys are, if I'm wrong on this one, but I don't necessarily think that uh, Jack Campbell was 
the best stick handler. So, I mean, are we really losing much if if Sam's on? I mean, time and place, though. I will give him that. Like, he needs to know his time at the time and place of of when to, you know, like if it's the end of the season or game one of the playoffs or game seven of the playoffs, he should be sticking to his net. But, I mean, like, if, if he's maintaining the – like, if he's doing his job and he, and he mishandles a couple bucks, I don't see that necessarily being that big of a deal. Uh, the other thing I, I, I heard about Sam Sonoff is he struggles in the last minute of each period, historically. Um, so is, hopefully that doesn't happen. Is that to do with, like, like pre- pressure on him? Or, like, gets tired? Or, like, do you have any idea, like – What's the what's the insight on that? Like, what's the case for that? Yeah, so they were talking to a, a goaltending coach on on the radio that when I was listening to that, and, and apparently it's like, yeah, it has to do with some goalies have a tendency of getting antsy when it comes to the end of the game or end of the period because it's basically time to like you gotta think they're the only. I mean, they do get a break, but they're the only ones that don't really get to sit off. So I guess it's like some goalies get antsy when it's the last minute to play and the dying. 20 seconds are happening and apparently he's very susceptible to giving up goals, which isn't the best because historically as least fans, we know that sometimes Toronto's not the best in the last minute of play. So hopefully they, I think uh, it was the, the last minute of the second period in the Ottawa game. He gave up a goal. If I'm not mistaken. It was, yeah, I think it was the Ottawa game. He gave up in the late, I don't know, maybe not last minute, but it was late in the period where Ottawa scored their second goal, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, if you can work on that, but I don't see it being really an issue most of the year, maybe every once in a while, but. Yeah, I'm with you there on on the same thing, Scott. Just just back to your uh, puck handling point, like, um, when we think of, like, goaltenders who are good, like, puck handlers, like, I can only think of, like two that come to mind, like Mike Smith. And I think Shusterkin's pretty good with the puck, but like, other than that, like Vas- even Vasilevsky, like, I don't know how good, how good he is with the puck. I think sometimes he can fluff it a little bit. And, but I think yeah, the like, best one of all time would probably be Martin Broder. Oh yeah. But like current players. Yeah. I feel like there's not a lot. Well, Remember that one time, Scott, that Jack Campbell's goalie coach was on the radio or TV and was like, Jack Campbell's the best goalie, goal, or uh, stick handling goalie out there? Remember that? And then that yeah. game, he had that mishap. Just after he said it. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like in the intermission. And next thing you know, he's, he's coughing one up. So I don't, I don't know exactly who else in the league is good. I think Sorokin might be good at it. But also, like, I was thinking today. Sorokin, Shosturkin, and Samsonov were supposed to be like the, the three goalies coming out of Russia that were supposed to be top dogs. So if Samsonov can become that, I know short-term deal that he's on, and, and so is Murray, but there, cause there's potential that he could be a good uh, pickup for Toronto. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely yeah. going to be interesting this year with regards to that. Um We'll, see, we'll just see what happens, and uh, Samsonov's on a one-year, right? So, like, it could, it could be interesting this offseason, this next year. Yeah, I agree. I think there might be a little bit of delay with our um, 
with our our uh, service, so we apologize for that. Also, check this out on YouTube, um, because we put out the first episode, and we got surprisingly we we got more views than we than I expected we got on YouTube. So make sure that you 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 watch our Twitter. And uh, you get the links out or watch our website, see the link, click on the link, watch it, because you're going to see a little bit different of a, a setup that most uh, live streams have. So I think it's kind of cool. It's, I think we kind of did a cool idea. So, um, yeah, definitely check on our YouTube. Uh, let's transition to the second game, uh, which was October 3rd against Montreal, Toronto 1-5-1. I believe that was Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, Monday? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday. And I remember Scott looked at me one time and said, if Matt Murray plays like this, at least it's going to be good. Matt Murray had a 967 save percentage in that game. He only allowed one goal on 29 shots. And he made that, like, remember that sweet save on uh, Slavkovsky? Yeah. So, um, yeah. The only goal he's allowed. The only goal he's allowed all preseason. Yeah. Yeah, he... uh, I think this is the, the the most perfect start that he could have for the Leafs. I mean, after it is all the preseason, though. Yeah, granted, like but I'm, if he plays like this in the start of the season, there could be a real chance that he could, like, that he's. I mean, not that he's, I'm not saying that he's back to what he was, whatever, but it just it's it's almost too too good compared to what people are saying about him when he got traded. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. Uh, Nylander potted two, got one assist. Robertson had three goal or three assists. Nylander had a pretty uh, slick move there in the front of the net too, when he like roofed it over top of uh, Jake Allen mm-hmm. with a little like toe drag action. Kerfoot had two, and Zach Ashton Reese. Sorry, I think I just bumped my mic. Zach Ashton Reese, who is most definitely like it, it appears like ninety nine percent sure that he's going to get a, a PTO, will be joining. Uh, sorry, got a goal. He'll he'll be joining uh, Toronto. I'd imagine probably by the time that they become cap compliant. I also heard that John Jonathan Tavares or John T- Wow, what Jonathan Tavares? I don't know. Why I said Jonathan, but anyways, might be um, put on uh, LTIR to start the season for, for three weeks or roughly three weeks. Well, he's not he he's not pl- he's not skating again. No, he was skating the other, he was skating the other day and then. Now he's sitting out again because he, I guess he re-injured or re-aggravated the issue, so he's not skating again. Hmm. But then, if, so, when he comes, oh. say he comes back in five weeks, what are they going to do? Well, I mean, I think I think it just buys them time. Well, yeah, but it's just a short-term fix because then you still have to deal with it at some point. It's not like he's going to be on all year. But- no, I know, but I mean, it's kind of good on Toronto's end because then they can carry extra skaters. They don't have to worry about losing everyone to waivers Wait, right away. Then they, they can might have to uh, when he comes back. Yeah, I know, but if Dennis Mulligan is not playing as well as he is right now in the preseason as he is in the regular season, maybe Toronto's not afraid to lose him. But right now, when he has five points in the preseason, there's probably going to be a team that might look at him, same as Wayne Simmons. Uh, Godette requires waivers. Joey Anderson, there's like seven players that require waivers. So if Toronto can pick up someone or put someone on LTIR to make up for that little bit of time. Also, they occur, they recur, uh, what's the word? Occur money? Accrue? You know, it's a financial word. Cured? Cured? Maybe. They like, 
maybe I don't know the word, but anyways, they collect money while they put someone on LGIR, like Casper. So mm. it might be worth it, in my opinion, to do so. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying it just seems like a short term fix because they still have the issues at some point. They're just not dealing with them right now. Yeah, true. Valid point. But like you said, those those players could not be as like playing as well four or five weeks from now when Tavares, if Tavares comes back in that time. So you wouldn't necessarily be upset that you lost them as opposed to if they were continuing to play that well. Yeah. I also think it has something to do, yeah, like every everyone that needs that should be uh on the on the cusp there, you know what I mean? Like the Simmons, the Godettes, they're all playing well, Godette yeah. hasn't really impressed me that much, but they're all playing well. Holmberg, uh Mulligan, Robertson even. And if they don't put anyone on LTIR, Robertson's gonna have to go down to start the year. Because they're yeah. gonna lose too many players on waivers. I mean, there could be a chance. Like there's so many players. Alex Needlander was on waivers uh today. Uh who's on waivers today? I forget. Someone else that I thought that Toronto could potentially claim. No, he got released from his PTO. Maybe it was the other day I was telling you about it, Scott. Uh, anyways, there's a couple players in the last two or three players that I thought Toronto should maybe put a claim in to provide that extra depth in case they lose players. But like, I would imagine if Wayne Simmons is on waivers, some team's probably going to pick him up. Yeah, probably. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I guess obviously we'll see, but... It would be cool to have not have that happen, but yeah, I guess I mean, I'm not. Not that I'm not a big fan of Simmons, but I just I feel like he's kind of over. I guess this saying overstays welcome. He's kind of not needed anymore now that we have other guys who can be physical, dig the puck out. You know, where they need him anymore. So if he if he yeah, is, true put on waivers and someone claims them, you still have Zach Austin Reese and Nicholas Abe Kubel and Cal Yarncroak and Adam Gaudet who are different kind different kind of physical. Yeah, they're not fighters, they're more dig in the corner and push around kind of physical. But in today's NHL you don't really need that fighter. They they can still play the other style of physical that Wayne Simmons brings as opposed to fighting. Yeah, that's true. Um, in terms of in terms of Simmons, I mean, there could be a time where Toronto could use him. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that they they can't use him. I'm just saying if he gets put on waivers in his claim, then it's not really that big of a loss. Like there'll be people on Twitter complaining because everybody's saying, "Oh, Leafs need a, a fighter to stand up for the teammates," and yada 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 from 1975, but in reality, you have four or five guys on the team now who can do the same physicality, dig in the corner, body check, whatever one needed. So if you lose him, then you're not really losing the only guy on the team who can do that. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so this now or 25 minutes has gone super quick. Uh, we've got a uh, James joining us in about ten minutes time or less. Um, Kyle, I don't know you. You got a couple things we you want to bang off, and then get to the uh, sponsorship read, and then we'll get James on. 
Uh, yeah, I do have a couple of uh, things for my segment. Um, I actually have three this week. I have two of uh, the usual NFL, like I did two weeks ago. Um, we're going to try and keep to at least two. Um, NFL is tough right now. It's all over the place with with this, so unpredictable. Um, but, yeah, we're going to try our best to help whoever's listening out and get some picks in for them. Um, so I'll start it off by uh, by taking the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I know I bet them two weeks ago to uh, to cover the spread against Buffalo, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't just cover, they won. Um, so I'm going to go with them again this week. Uh, on my one app, I see them favored by three, and then the other um, the other ones, they're favored by three and a half. Either or, I think they're going to cover. Obviously, they're missing um, their QB, Tua, but I think they're still going to be okay. Bridgewater's a solid uh, backup QB. I think he'll still be able to produce uh, 200 yards, a couple of throwing touchdowns um, with the weapons like Waddle and Hill. I think that uh, the Jets, they're not the best team. Um, They'll still be able to put up some points. Miami's got a pretty solid defense, but I definitely think Miami's going to cover that three or a three and a half point um, spread. So first pick is Miami. Second pick, kind of a gutsy one, but uh, we'll try it. I'm going to take the uh, the Dallas Cowboys just to cover the five and a half point spread over the uh, over the Rams. It's in this LA. Guy, brother, this guy stings. <laughs> continue go okay yeah thank you for that um yeah uh dallas to cover the five and a half point spread i i'm not saying dallas is gonna win um because going into la and winning no matter how la is doing right now they're struggling a little bit but um no matter how they're doing um i think they're still gonna cover the point spread um they've got a solid dallas got a solid defense um last week they were able to put up uh put up some points against um I know it's the commanders but still Cooper Rush looked good CD Lamb's kind of coming back into play and LA's offense has uh been struggling the last couple of games only put up 29 points. I know San Fran has a good defense um but yeah they still only put put up 9 points and based off of that game on this past Monday they're only throwing to Cooper Cup. I think the guy had like 16 or 17 targets. He's the reason why I lost my fantasy week. Um, I was not too pleased about it. I was like, you're really going to throw the ball to the guy 16 or 17 times? By the time the fourth quarter hit, I was like, you just got to cover Cooper Cup. Like, you'll win the game. But they still ended up winning. But um, And then this final one, I'm sure you guys would agree with me on it. You got to take the Blue Jays tomorrow. Alec Manoa at home with the Rogers Center at being at Rogers Center. The crowd's going to be electric. Oh my gosh. I'm going to the game on Saturday. I'm so pumped. But take the Jays tomorrow. Um, money line. Jays, I think, are going to squeeze out a win. Uh, 5 2, if I, were to, if I were to put my prediction in. Manoa's going to go at least six. Um, uh, 
Luis Castillo, good pitcher for Mariners, but I, I still think uh, Jays are going to come out with a win tomorrow, 5-2. The Jays are going to take it 5-2, Kyle says. Uh, Before think, we move I think, on, I, I got a question. I got a question. Because I actually yeah. don't know anything about sports betting. Can you cover the spread and still lose? Um, Like, if I'm to, like, for example, my Dallas pick. Yeah. So Dallas just can't lose by uh, can't lose by six or more. The spread's five and a half. They're plus five and a half, so they can't lose by six or more points. If they they can still lose, oh. but they can't lose I by thought, six points. Okay, I thought plus five and a half meant that they had to win by five or a half or more. No, my, that would be the minus. Okay. So I'm basically just taking Dallas to cover those six points. The Ra- I don't think the Rams are gonna win by six points. Um. But yeah, that's that to answer your question. Okay. Kyle, what the sports betting info? I dabble with it every once in a while. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, that one that you had was crazy. Oh my gosh. It was just out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, a complete fluke too, so I haven't won since. But when you're checking out know, just sports betting. Uh, and casino betting and uh, DraftKings has a very cool um, fantasy style setup where you have a salary cap and you got to pick the players uh, depending on how those players do. I'm assuming you face someone. I haven't personally tried it out, but I do know that people have tried it before. You have a salary cap, you pick your players. I'm thinking about trying it out. The only issue is I don't want to do it for football because I know more about baseball. I meant hockey. Well, I know more about baseball too. So. Um. Yeah, so I'm gonna pull. Uh, we're gonna read off the uh, the ad, uh, DraftKings ad read, and then it won't be too long until James is here. He messaged us on Twitter and said it'll be a few minutes late, so we'll be coasting here. We can uh, bring him back to the Jays if we want. Um, make sure you support them tomorrow, four oh seven, I think Eastern Standard Time, right, Kyle? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The next two games. I will be at work for those days, unfortunately, but uh, we'll just. Just the Friday, but you can also hear Ben Wagner, although he's not my favorite on the uh, on the Sportsnet, excuse me, Sportsnet Radio, Fan Five Ninety for anyone in the Ontario region. Uh, oh, and Scott, what were you saying about the Jays? They have uh, their own broadcast this year. Oh yeah, they're getting their own because normally you just get the whatever it is NBC or ESPN broadcast, but this this year they get their own with the. Buck Martinez, uh, Pat Tabler, and Hazel May. So you, you don't have, even though you watch on Sportsnet, you normally Sportsnet just broadcasts from the American version. But this year, you're actually getting Sportsnet broadcast team hosted by Sportsnet. Not too shabby. Buck, Buck Martinez, the legend, the legendary Buck. Who this might be his final year. So if it is, make sure you. Uh, I mean, I don't really know if he has Twitter, but if you do, make sure you uh, you send him a message or tweet at him because he's a uh, legend when it comes to announcing Jays games. All right, now we're good to... Yeah, that's true with the broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him with the broken legs and Pat Tabler talking to him before the game. Yeah, Patty. Uh, Patty's always... Always chatting up the players before the game during BP. I wonder if he was there today. Both teams were doing a little work 
kind of BP sessions. So, oh, also, I thought this was interesting. George Springer is one home run away from crushing the uh, Albert Pujols, or sorry, Derek Jeter. I think he's tied with Albert Pujols uh, for um, most postseason home runs. So, alrighty, we uh, we just need to pl- uh, get the ad read. I muted myself by mistake. We just need to get the ad read going here, and then we'll. Uh, James is waiting in the waiting room, so just give me two seconds, and we'll throw the ad read to you guys. Alrighty, make sure you write down this promo code THPN. And we'll get going. Unfortunately, there's a little bit of delay in my internet. All right, here we go. Write down this promo code. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. One team I'm going to place a bet on is the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the Stanley Cup at plus 700. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger pounds with same-game parlays. Combine multi-bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot to win even bigger payouts. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That code, THPN, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. So THPN, write that down at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's also going to be coming across the ticker. James is with us. So uh, finally, we'll have him on. You guys are muted. I accidentally muted you while uh, I was reading. So let's unmute you guys. We'll welcome James into the live here. What's hey, going James. on? How's it going? Oh, you know, living the dream, having fun. Uh, unfortunately, don't have a, a, a cartoon, but I'll, I'm sure it'll look fine. It's okay. I'm uh, cartoonish enough, so that's all right. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you don't know James, he's big on TikTok. He's big on uh, Twitter for his um, pre – what would you want to call them? Pre-game. Uh, Prediction season bids. Yeah. So, um, yeah, without further ado, James from Offside uh, Hockey Talk. James, what do you think about the preseason so far? Um, you know what? I'm liking what I'm seeing. A lot of guys actually competing for spots. Um, you look at – I guess Leaf Nation as a whole and what they're picking at, you're picking at guys like Dennis Malgan and Robertson and Holmberg and Steves. I mean, if that's the worst thing you have to pick at right now where other organizations are trying to figure out who's in their top six, I mean, we're pretty good. I mean, I like the preseason. I like what I'm seeing from some of these young guys. I'm really impressed with Holmberg. I'm impressed with Steves. Robertson's kind of come in and blowing the doors off. Dennis Malgan, I'm not sold on yet. He can do all the offensive stuff, but I just don't think it's something that will be sustainable for him, Uh, whereas Robertson, I think he has the pedigree. But, I mean, what do you guys think? The goaltending, too. I mean, both goalies, it's a whatever you can do, I can do better situation here between the two of them. 
Yeah, we were actually just talking about this before he came on and how how it's going to play out with the waivers and who Toronto should pick. I, I have a feeling that uh, Robertson's going to go down and Morgan's going to stay because of waivers. But uh, I think Scott's got a different opinion. So I think Scott and Kyle both think Robertson's going to be here. Yeah, I think Robertson's going to be here, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I mean, I've been impressed with Morgan so far. He's playing better than I thought he was going to based on the last time he was in the NHL situation. But I feel like he may get claimed on waivers, but that's a risk you take to keep Robertson because how well he's been playing. Yeah, and the goalies with Matt Murray only allowing one goal so far in the preseason. Uh, I don't know if you can if you can credit the goalie coach or if you just credit the fact that it's a it's a new team, a new environment, maybe more positive than Ottawa. Uh, look at it like this. I mean, the confidence thing is huge with the goaltender, right? Between the years is probably 75% of the battle. If a goalie's not confident, you're not getting anything out of him. Um, so, you know, he comes in, he's confident. He's got the training staff around him, not just for the on-ice stuff, but for the off-ice stuff as well. We know the battle he's gone through there. But they're also doing different things with him too, right? The goggles where he's being able to just use his, you know, straightforward vision instead of using the peripheral to see things come in. It's allowing him to train his eyes. And he's feeling more relaxed, he says here. Same thing with Ilya Samsonov. He just loves it. Plus, guys, these are two goalies that have to bet on themselves to do well. One in Matt Murray to stay in the NHL really after last season. And then Ilya Samsonov to prove that, hey, after this deal is done, I can go get a contract as a number one with another team because I played that good in Toronto. Both these guys want to do well because they don't want their careers to dovetail to be done. Well, now, what's your opinion on that? Like a lot of people are are, are happy that that Kyle Deuce is bringing guys on a short-term deal. But are you mad that the fact fact that they're only here for one year and then they're going out and getting a bitter contract. Not necessarily. I mean, what comes in two years, Austin Matthews, big deal. The salary cap goes up too, but the Leafs are positioning themselves. They got burned by COVID really bad. So Kyle Dubas, even if he's not the GM after the season, he has set himself up or whoever else to run with this ball where they're going to have the cap space to back the Brinks truck up to make sure that the Marners, the Nylanders, and the Matthews will have the money there. There's no long-term deals really outside of Morgan Riley and Callie Yarncroke. Um, there's not much there. Murray's number comes off the book. Samsonov wouldn't be there. A lot of the guys up front wouldn't be there. Uh, deals are expiring, you know, left, right, and center. So they left themselves the most financial flexibility they could for one of the best players in the league, and that's the best and smartest thing you could do. Now, if Samsonov goes out and blows the doors off, well, all the power to him to go sign for more money, but maybe he likes it enough here that they find a way to keep him. And they make a pack with him where the first year is cheaper, but going forward, the AAV goes up, you know, because that's what's going to have to happen with a lot of guys, you know, and you see it with some players, even Rasmus Sandin this year, is taking less and getting more next year. It's not a huge increase, but that may be the way the Leafs have to do things. As the cap goes up, they're able to offer guys more money, you know, through that contract. So you're not a you're not a supporter of Austin Matthews leaving. I think he's going to stay. <laughs> Austin Matthews is staying. I mean, I know we hear guys say all the right things at all the time, but Austin Matthews loves the city of Toronto. 
Uh, I'll throw this one out there. His best friend from there now, Justin Bieber. We all know that relationship. Um, I'm, I don't, I don't want you, but when your friends are in your ear, they have a little bit of sway, friends and family. He calls it home. He loves it here. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, I mean, where else is he going to go where he's going to have everything basically at his doorstep? Other than L.A. and the Rangers, but why would you want to go be the face over there when you have to share the limelight with Panarin or go down to L.A. and share it with whatever stars are bubbling there because they have plenty of prospects. You know, he's here in Toronto. He has all the ad deals he could ever want, all the extra stuff off the ice, all the fashion mags are there, everything they want. So Austin Matthews doesn't need to leave Toronto to get anything else. The, the narrative of him going home to Arizona as well, he's not going to go play for 5,000 fans. And he's not going to go play for a team that isn't winning. Let's, let's be real. You know, this guy has a competitive drive. He's not just going to go collect the paycheck, cash, in and move on. He wants to win. He wants to be on winners. So I think Toronto has a pretty good shot and a pretty good window if they keep the band together. So I don't think he's going anywhere. It's nice to hear someone else say that because I feel like every podcast I listen to, it's just Austin Matthews is gone and LA's calling his name or Arizona's going to give him ownership or this or that. <laughs> listen, now will I say, you know, after his next deal, will he go somewhere? Probably. In the tail end of his career, will he go and probably, you know, chase all the dreams he wants? Why not? You know, why not do that? Once you've done everything you need to do in Toronto, I mean, I think fans would be okay with that. He signs one more deal. What is he at now? 25? 24? Yeah, 20. I think he's going to be 25 for 24 or 26, sorry. There you go. So he's got two years left, really. So the next deal he's going to sign is probably at 27. So he takes a five-year deal, six-year deal, which is probably what he'll want to do. Bet on himself again. Come out of that at 30, 30, 31, 32, and probably go play wherever he wants to go play at that point in time. And maybe not, maybe he stays again, but I really think that he probably will at that point, but not in his absolute prime, you know, getting to play with a playmaker like Mitch Marner, that speaks volumes, you know, guys look at who they're going to get to play with. And I don't know, if you go to Arizona, who are you playing with? Nick Ritchie? That didn't really work. <laughs> I don't think that's working in Arizona. <laughs> you know? And they're trying to get rid of anything that's any good as well. You know, Chikrin's on the table. So who are you going down there to play with? That's of name value. No one. So, you know, Austin Matthews is already a god down there. He doesn't need to go play there to, you know, amplify that status right now. He can do the uh, the rest of it later on in his career. So, in terms of this offseason, who's your who's your biggest? Um, I guess who are you most happy that they brought in or or impressed about? Well, let me just say this: you guys can go back and verify this from last offseason. Just so people know, I don't just beat a drum and then walk away from it. Uh, I said David Camp with their best offseason signing last year, um, simply because they needed a defensive center to play on the third or fourth line, to play on the PK, to do face-offs, all that defensive stuff on a forward's back is what they needed. And I said that was the best signing. I got raked over the coals. And funny, by you know the midpoint of the season, everyone was really liking this David Camp guy. Couldn't believe what he could do. I was like, wow. So this season, I'm feeling the exact same way, and I made a video about it over on TikTok, brought it over to Twitter. It's Callie Yarncroke. This guy is your Swiss Army knife. You've seen he played defense already. Come on now. You know, he's your left winger, your right winger, your center. He can play on your power play, your penalty kill. 
play with skilled guys, gritty guys. doesn't matter. You can play anywhere in your lineup. So Cal Yarncroke to me is the key. <coughs> Sorry, guys, to where these guys are going this season. Um, you, you bring in him, and you got him now Kerfoot that can do the same thing. I mean, the versatility is awesome. The Leafs need that. Uh, I want to know, what do you guys think? What, what is your guy? What is your offseason sign that you're like, yeah, this is amazing? Oh, man. I'd, I'd probably agree with Kelly Arncroft. I think we actually all said that we want him at the deadline, but then he went to Calgary. So, And you so, know what? A lot of people say, oh, he went to Calgary and didn't do very well. But, I mean, I'm a big proponent of putting a guy in a situation to succeed, and there just wasn't a situation for him to succeed in Calgary. I think he'll be good on the on the second line or third line, especially if he has the potential to play with William Nylander. I think that could be a good uh, lesson Kerfoot's load and give him a little bit more time to shine. I definitely think so. Um, the, other, the other one for me, um, the addition of kind of meaty forwards, I know there's a big raging debate right now, a lot of people screaming that uh, Wayne Simmons may not be an everyday NHLer with this team, which I don't think he should be. But guys like Zach Aston Reese and – Abe Kubel, uh, Aston Reese had two fights last year, um, you know, standing up for his teammates and just doing the right thing. Uh, Abe Kubel can grind and hit. So those things are, are important as well. I mentioned David Camp a few breaths ago. You put those three players together, and I think you've got a pretty formidable defensive line that can probably really get the cycle game going down in the other team's zone for whatever shift you want to put them out against. And if you're taking the other team's top two lines – and grinding them for an entire shift, I'm all for that. Let's go. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to – my pick when you asked – I was going to say Zach Austin Reese, and I know he's on a PTO, but I feel like they're going to sign him. But just because he's that defensive, gritty grinder who Toronto necessarily doesn't always have, or the fans are always clamoring for them to pick up, I feel like if, if given the chance, he could be a huge impact player for the Toronto Blues. No, he definitely can be. And I said it last night on our show that, um, you know, Zach Aston Reese and Abe Cabell, uh, more so Aston Reese, reminds me of uh, a poor man's Darcy Tucker in forms of the offense. But for the ferocity and grinding on the board and, you know, just chirping and just being there and being present and making sure that his presence is felt, it's the same aspect as Tucker had. And we all know the success Tucker had higher up in the lineup. And also what he could do, you know, just to get under under team skin. You look at Michael Bunting. Now add two more of those and Abe Cabell and Zach Aston Reese. I think it's great. Also, if you look at the hits that they had compared to the last line last year, they had like I think what 150 plus hits more. Yeah. I think they, they had like two, two less points, growing. but pardon me. Even as a team, they're growing in hits. Austin Matthews is now throwing hits. I made the yeah. argument today that. Austin Matthews needs to have his, uh, I don't know, coming to a man, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, McKinnon did it, Crosby did it, Getzlaff, Taves, all these big-name players that were knocked because, you know, they got pushed around a little bit or they were crybabies in, in Sidney Crosby's case and, you know, always crying to the ref. I know Matthews doesn't do that, but he doesn't exactly, you know, drop the mitts or get rough. But I think we've seen a little bit of it last year when he threw that cross check on Rasmus Dallin and just had enough is enough. And then he, you know, a couple seasons ago, he sat, sat down with Shea Weber. I think he needs to drop the gloves just with someone, just one willing dance, and just fill somebody in and just basically fire up the crowd, fire up the team, but let everybody know too that I'm not going to take your crap anymore. 
Crosby had to do it. Mac had to do it. You know, all these stars have done it. And it really has taken their game to the next level because then guys say, well, you know what? He's not going to take it. And I might get a two-hander or I might get punched in the face. And I'm not going to do that because I don't want A, to fight Austin Matthews, but B, the repercussions. You fight Matthews and later on in the game, someone's coming after you again because that's your star player. But I think he needs to do that for himself. I don't know if you uh, you put in the chat that you had a question for or a comment, but uh, I think you're muted. Muted? No, no, not you, James Kyle. I don't know okay. if he knows. Anyways, we'll we'll move along. He'll come back to us. Uh, he's probably actually no. There's no Jays game on, so I don't know what he's doing. Oh, here he goes. Can you guys hear me? Kyle, are you alive? Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Um, I know we talked about. Uh, earlier on the podcast, uh, a couple podcasts ago, um, what the goaltending splits would be between Samsonov and Murray. I just want to know your opinion. Um, what do you think the splits will be between the two based off of what we've seen so far? Based off what you've seen so far, I mean, the money dictates that Murray's going to get the, the bulk of the load. Um, but I really like what Sheldon Keefe said. He's going to run with who's ever hotter. And, I mean, that's that's fine by me. Both goalies are very capable. Uh, but I really think the Leafs want Matt Murray to succeed because they want to not just recapture the magic that was Matt Murray. They want to make the deal seem like it was right, and they know what they're doing. It's the Justin Hall thing again where they kept him in the expansion draft and they keep trying to drill that square peg into a round hole by saying, this is the guy. Look, this is the guy we kept. Same thing with Matt Murray. I think he's going to be given every opportunity. So if I'm looking at splits – I'm saying it's probably going to be 60-40 Murray, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we uh, were around yeah, there. I don't know what we said. I think we were yeah. around there. I think we said like around 60-40. Actually, I think you were very specific, Kyle, and said like – I think you said like uh, – yeah, Didn't you say like 64-38 or, or something like that? Yeah. He, was, he was just Ollie specific. <laughs> there's nothing, nothing wrong with that either right I mean I just look at it both guys are very capable both guys want to come in and do something and you got to look at injuries too Matt Murray has been plagued by them uh, the one good thing that they got going for them is the Toronto medical staff so we'll see what happens with them being able to keep them healthy a lot of guys come to Toronto Spezza, Tyler Ennis uh, lots down the list I can keep going that come here to get worked on and come here to rejuvenate their careers so you know, the Leafs know what they're doing in that regard. But if it works for Murray, hopefully we get the Murray that we're seeing right now all season long. And I'll take that. And then I'll take Sam Zona backing him up. Let's go. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm pumped up. A lot of people are pumped up about this tandem. I'm beyond pumped. I uh, I heard today that one of the reasons why uh, uh, Matt Murray's having so much success is because he got rid of his low stance. And, and the, him being low in his stance makes it harder to move east-west. And because the game has developed so much east-west, now he's a little bit up higher, which allows him to slide across. And we saw that on the Slavkovsky save uh, in uh, the preseason game against Montreal where he slid across and, and robbed him. And apparently that's because he's higher up in his stance and he's not so low. And one of the, the ironic parts about that is Pittsburgh brought that back into hockey is the east-west movement. Well, so that, is, that is one of those things. But, I mean, look at Samsonov, it's the same thing, right? We were 
we were raving about his first game about how he was tracking the puck and he was more upright and, you know, moving post to post. He was able to do that where he said in Washington, that wasn't something that he was confident in. That was one of the things that he wanted to work on. So obviously for both guys are keeping them up and keeping them moving, which again, I think goes to wearing those goggles and basically having to move to where you need to be and move your body, not just be, you know, try to throw something out there to make a save, which Hey, again, whatever works for these guys, whatever gets them confidence. And the other thing, too, that Matt Murray didn't have in Ottawa was goal support. You know, it was all fine and dandy that, you know, he was making saves, but also they weren't scoring goals. So if there was a problem or they went down, there's no way for him to gain confidence from that because you're constantly battling the score. You just can't get goals. You can't get any support. With Toronto, they can outscore some of their problems. They did it last year. You know, a 900 save percentage team still got 115 points because they have scored a lot of their problems. So if Murray can come in and be even six points better than Campbell was, and then you have Ilya Samsonov come in and be maybe another four, and you end up with a 9-10 tandem, I'm, I'm good with that. League average, I think it was 9-7 last year. So we can we can definitely be excited about this tandem. It's okay to be excited, Leafs Nation. <laughs> James, what's the over under on uh, on points this year? Like, what do you think? For over under, yeah, one ten. Over under. Oh, the Leafs are gonna break the record again, one seventeen. Yeah, and I you think, think they're they gonna win the Atlantic. I think they're gonna win the Atlantic. I do. Um, look at the teams. So Tampa, probably for God's sakes, they got to be burnt out. It's the yeah. third cup run. Like, come on, the Energizer battery's gonna die eventually. But they also don't have Andre Pilat, which is a big game player for them. In OT, in crucial situations, he's gone. Ryan McDonough's gone. A stalwart on your defense. You're trusting younger guys who are going to have elevated rules. And really, you don't know what they're going to do in those more minutes and everything. So Tampa, for me, may take a small step back. Florida, well, no more Huberdo, no more Uyghur. Duclair is injured. You don't have Giroux, which you had down your stretch. And now... It looks like they're going to hand the ball to Spencer Knight more and more because they just signed him to a big deal. So, and then you got Bob with a big deal. So, what controversy does that cause down in Florida? Do those guys start wondering, you know, who's on the hot seat, who's getting traded, and what's the problem there? We all know what dark clouds do. Leafs Nation went through it for a long time with contract disputes and different things. And then Boston, no Marchand. You have no Charlie McAvoy. You have, you know, Bergeron, who's literally, you know, five inches away from the clubhouse. He's done. The back nine's not even a thing for him. He's on the final hole, and this this year is it. You know, and then David Krejci didn't play in the NHL last year, so no telling how up to speed he'll be. You know, there's just so many things for everybody else. And then everybody's saying, like, Wyshynski, well, Detroit's going to be better, and Ottawa's going to be better. Well, no, they're not going to be better than, you know, Toronto, which – seems to be still the most complete out of all the teams that we saw last year in the Atlantic. Um, and then Ottawa, of course, Talbot's hurt as well. So that's going to hinder their season to start. And Detroit's running on young guys and brought in some veterans. But how does it gel? How does it work? I think Toronto wins the Atlantic. Hands down, uh, 117's my point total for them. Because, like I said, the goaltending is going to be better. And they were 150-point team last year. So yeah. how can it be worse? The cool thing that I, th- or I guess the interesting thing that people are leaving out about this year is like we, if both goalies play to their potential or what people think could be their potential of 900 or 910, 
it, we didn't have that last year. Like Eric Schalgren was good, but Mrazek was basically like what a house league goalie. Like oh. He was just he was god awful. So now they're thinking Samsonov is going to be the new Mrazek, and he's got a higher chance of being that the quality backup who can take starts if Matt Murray gets injured. And then Shawgren's also played well. So it's like, I think we're in a situation where like, how many, how many years ago was it that we had three goalies? Yeah, it was a while. Like the most depth I think we've had was Freddie Anderson, Curtis McElhaney. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you go, uh, you go Freddie and Campbell, you know, and then what was beyond him was Hutchinson, which is, I know we all hutching the clutched it, but we were all clutching our pearls every time that guy was in there. <laughs> he, uh, he's actually battling for the sec- the backup position right now. He's apparently trying to – or he could beat out Aiden Hill, which is interesting because they traded for Aiden Hill. And, all the uh, power to well. Yeah, good luck. Um, so before we let you go, I don't know how long you want to stay. You can stay as long as you want, but let's talk about your website. You have a similar situation to us where you have a blog and posts. Uh, tell us what you do. Do you run the whole thing? Do you have other people with you? Um, I recently got uh, D4 Dylan Fournier from over on TikTok. Joined as my co-host. We do have another announcement of who's joining the show uh, next week for the season opener. Um, so we're not going to drop that cat out of the bag just yet. But it's going to be a three-person show coming up. But for me, I'm the guy who edits, does all the videos, does all the blogs. Uh, so everything's off of me. But yeah, it's 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 awesome, guys. I mean, it's offside talk. It's offside hockey talk. It's been that way since 2016. You know, enjoying every single second of it. Um, you know, we got to do some cool things like this right here. You know, I got to go to uh, the Leafs camp on media credentials when they were here in Halifax. Um, you oh, know, cool. Get to you know the the fun thing about doing a podcast, and you guys know this. I mean, you can get anyone to come on. Nobody usually says no unless they're at a Leaf game covering it. So, I mean, yeah, man, it's just fun. So check out Offside Hockey Talk, whether it's on Twitter, TikTok, uh, the website. Just throw it into Google, man. It all pops up, and that's the, the best way to find me. <laughs> yeah, we we are going to link you into, like, uh, on our description on YouTube and, and Apple Podcasts, obviously, we'll, we'll put you on there. But the funny thing about it is you've been one of the biggest supporters that we've had, whether it be liking or retweeting or anything, like just so active on our posts since we started. And, and I think it's it's nice to hear because you, you're you a big, big, big person in the hockey community for the Leafs. I think next to Curtis from Alberta. The, the yeah. Drinking you know, streamer. <laughs> Curtis from Alberta, like, it's, it's so crazy because he used to be in all my prediction season videos before he did his own thing. And, you know, we would just trade things back and forth. I was like, man, you have that amazing room. I said, just do, do videos. Have fun. You know, and don't be nervous about it. And, and he started doing it. Look at him. He's blowing up, right? Yeah. He, he just posted today about being down at Leafs camp not too long ago, like when camp opened and just hanging out. So that, that guy is absolutely crazy. He's, he's killing it. Absolutely killing it. Well, I'm, I would be, it would have been cool for us to get the media credentials because, well, Kyle lives a little bit further, but we're from Ontario, obviously. And, and me and Scott are from, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Barry, Agarilla, they're close to Toronto. And okay, the, the I'm going to do a little disclaimer for you guys. I was born in Newmarket, Ontario. Ray oh, okay. Scarborough lived in Oshawa, Whitby, Pickering, Port Perry, Bowmanville. So I'm an Ontario boy. I only moved out east in 2003. Been here ever since. But no, I was born and raised in Ontario until uh, I was uh, 18 years old. So, Okay, well then the Leafs were in Gravenhurst the other day and it would have been cool for us to, to go there and 
I mean, obviously we probably wouldn't have been able to actually be in any media scrums or anything like that, but it would have been cool to experience and do like a, uh, some editing or videos from the camp. I will tell you this, look at, um, Oh, why can't I think of their names off the top of my head? Uh, center of least nation, you know, they do a lot of stuff where they get in. All you got to do is just keep filling out the media credential forms. And eventually they'll say, yes, it'll probably start with you with any of you guys, if you wanted to like go into the Marley stuff. Right. And that's where a lot of yeah. people get their starts and they go into the Marley's and, you know, everything with the Leafs is connected because they're all in the same city. So you never know who you'll cross paths with. But when we did our thing, we walked out of the wrong door by accident and got to have a 30 minute conversation with Lou Lamorello. And I got him to sign my jersey and everything like that. I didn't care okay. that I was on a media thing. I was not missing the opportunity to have Lou sign my jersey. And it was crazy because I had to crouch down like a small child. Because Lou is not very <laughs> tall for him to sign my jersey, so it, it was pretty wild. I had Brendan Shanahan yell at me, so it was pretty cool. He actually talked to you. Oh yeah, we. Had guess, a like, great I don't know. Do you listen to the Cam and Strick podcast at all? Uh, here and there, I've had Cam on actually. Oh, have you? Because Cam Jansen talks about sometimes how he'd walk down the hallway and Lou Lamorella wouldn't even say hi to him. Like, and there are players on. Like well, he Lou Lamarillo obviously wasn't a player, but he played for him, and he so it's kind of cool that he talked to you. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. And actually, uh, I'll post the picture again because season's coming up. So you know, you always do your little photo dumps of stuff that you got to do with Leafs guys. But yeah, it was just complete accidental. We walked out the wrong doors. Uh, we weren't even supposed to be where we were, um, and he was there, we were there, and he just stood and talked to us. There's no you know animosity. There was no grumpiness or anything. The only guy who was grumpy was Brendan. Like when we were. I was like here. He was standing right here, shoulder to shoulder with me, and it's because just how close we were. And I literally looked at him, and I just, man, again, my buddy was like, "Man, get him to sign your jersey." So I was like, "Brandon, can you sign my jersey?" And he's like, "Can't you see him I'm working?" <laughs> I was like, "All right." I was like, "My apologies, man. It's not every day you get to see, you know, especially out here." And then, like a couple seconds later, he's like, "Oh, come here," and he signed it or whatever. So that was a pretty cool moment to get grumbled at by him. But, yeah, just all the stuff, like, honestly, guys, like, like, just put your names into any anything for credentials, anything you can get your hands on, and eventually someone will just say yes because there will be someone who can't make it one day, and they'll have a spot, and it'll be your spot. And you go in and just talk to You should have told them that you were uh, Claude Lemieux's cousin. <laughs> I wasn't telling them at that, at that point. I wasn't telling them nothing. You I was just told like, that. I'm going to look back at the ice. No problem. <laughs> out. Appreciate you. But uh, the other guy we got to talk to that day, we learned. I learned a lot about the sports tracking stuff, was Jeremy Bettle. He was their sports science guy before he moved back to the uh, the NBA side of things. But he was telling us about the, the chips on the jersey and how they can monitor the heart rate, the saturation levels, and how they know when certain guys need to come off the ice because of the levels that they're at. And, you know, when they're getting peak things out of guys and how they know a guy's going to fail or not be able to get back on a back check and all this stuff was just wild. And they were showing us all the systems as the practice was going. Just crazy the amount of stuff that goes into it. Yeah, that is – I mean, obviously we'll put our name in. Hopefully we get it. Uh, We got at least an offer to go there. It would be cool to do even like a Marley's game just kind of live on location. But, yeah, uh, anything, even just like a morning skate. Just put your – I tell everybody, put your name in. Put your name in. You never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I got lucky again out here with uh, – we had the Halifax Thunderbirds for the National Lacrosse League. Uh, they've been great with our show. You guys can go back and look. You know, we've had players, managers, you know, 
been a part of their media scrums up in the press boxes and all that stuff. And it's all just by asking, right? Because if you're a, a talk show, I mean, guys want to be talked to, whether it's coaches, whether it's players, whether it's anybody in the organization, just talk to them because that gets your foot in the door to talk to anybody. And that's, man, that's what it's all about. Like, I don't, I, I don't understand why so many people that I run into are so nervous about just reaching out or doing anything. I mean, what are they going to say? No. Okay. They said no. So move on to the next guy, you know, but like, look at all the reporters out there that cover the Leafs and, you know, we've been lucky enough on our show to build relationships and just be able to ask questions when things are going on to get clarity. And you can take that as a fan and just be excited about it and not have to blab about it, but you'll know, you know, why a guy's hurt or, you know, why a guy's skating the way he is or what's hampering this guy with that. And, you know, you can lean into it a little bit in your episodes because you have that intel. Yeah, Just my uh, about it. <laughs> I mean, that's actually a great uh, insight for us to try because, I mean, obviously we're we're not even a full year in and we did well at the beginning, but things have started to slow down, I, I would imagine, because bigger podcasts. So it's nice to have people on who have experience with it. Like we had Justin Bourne on, who, I mean, his podcast is run by Sportsnet, so obviously not the same. But it came on, and we kind of saw an uptick, and 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 then we died down. And we figured if we get more people on who have insight in the Leafs in general, like for example yourself, you know, you're you're making videos, you're making TikToks, you're communicating with people on Twitter to have you on and actually talk to us about your experience. Maybe people will draw interest. You know what I mean? So it's kind of nice to have you. Listen, and, I, and uh, the Sticks and the Six guys and other Leafs podcasts, like the Offensive Zone and stuff, you you can see, like anybody who does a podcast, I'm always in the um, – and I don't like quoting him for, for anything, but I heard a quote from Joe Rogan once, and this is the only one I'll ever use from him. Um, you know, there's so much there for everyone to do what they want to do. There's so much really on the plate that everybody can eat. You don't need to hold it all to yourself. That's why – I like your guys' posts. I like other podcast posts and, you know, I'll promote other people's shows or whatever because that's what you should do. We're all liking the same team. We're all talking about the same stuff. I mean, everybody should grow. There's room for everybody to do it. But, I mean, so many people are just so, I guess, narrow-minded on it that it sucks. And that's why I'd rather be one of those guys that I don't care if everybody blows by me at 100 miles an hour and their shows do better. Cool. I'm still going to do my thing. I enjoy what I do, and you know, as long as I can sustain what I'm doing, I'm good. But I, I like helping other people out. I like seeing other people succeed. And you know, you guys came in the came in, and I saw you guys, and let's go, let's uh, prop it up a little bit and have some fun. And you guys, do I did well. not expect you. I did not expect you to get back to us as soon as you did when I messaged you. I just thought, you know, I saw your TikTok, and I was like, it would be cool to have this guy. And it's funny because like. Four weeks ago, I I kind of said on the on the podcast that I wanted to try and get someone on, meaning you, but I didn't want to say your name because I didn't know if you're gonna say yes. And then when you said yes, I was like, "Oh damn!" Like you're like, <laughs> but literally besides Curtis, you're like the second biggest following of just a podcast slash blog and, and Leafs community. I think on Twitter. So I mean, this is surreal that that you agreed to come on on such a low level. Podcast podcast like we're, we're oh, no, no 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 don't do that to yourselves no one is low level if you're taking the time to put out a show and you're carving out a niche for yourself and you're doing your own thing and you're talking about your own stuff and you guys got your setup beautiful setup by the way 
you know, that right there in itself, a lot, it, if you're willing to commit to do it, then you're not low level because low level is you come in for five episodes, you know, you think you're the cat's meow and then you just bow out, you know, that's low level to me. You guys are still going. You guys are killing it. But just, just enjoy it, man. And I'll give you one piece of advice from Rod Peterson. Um, he has a Rod Peterson show. Look him up. Great guy. But uh, he told me, he asked me why I was in this and why I wanted to do this in my first year. And I said, you know, I just want to talk. I just want to talk hockey. I enjoy it. And he said, good, because if you were in it for money or you're in it to gain things, then you're not in it for the right reason. So if you're in it to just talk about the Leafs and to enjoy it, doors will open. Doors will open. And, yeah, again, like I said before, just ask people. There's so many people that you wouldn't even think would come on that will definitely come on. And you may get the occasional when your show gets a little bit bigger or, you know, when you get a bigger following because some people – feel like they've taken the time to build their stuff up, you know, and they don't want you just piggybacking off of their name, which cool. I get it, but I've only had one of those. And uh, that was the Bob father back when I had probably 200 followers on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know, I understood it and it only made me want to work harder, but everybody else I've asked from any walk of the hockey world, no problem. So, yeah, guys, you guys are killing it. So don't ever say you're low level. You're not low level. You're here. You're doing it. You're carving out time. It's absolutely awesome. Thanks, James. Came on, talked leaves, gave us some great advice, inspired (laughs) us. I feel like I could run two miles right now. (laughs) (laughs) I have that effect, unfortunately. Uh, I'm in uh, the Fan Talk Fantasy Hockey League with a bunch of TikTokers. And um, I got everybody in there right now wanting me to shoot one of my prediction seasons, but like wrestling style to pump up the season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. I enjoy it. Um, you know, and another thing, too, look at the junior teams that are around you guys. Um, I did a lot of work with the Markham Royals, even from right here in Nova Scotia. Um, did their game day videos, uh, hyped them up for the, the postseasons. Um, there's a picture of me dropping the puck for them at center ice during their home. Yeah, I saw that. So, I mean – the, the door is open. That's all just from doing the videos and podcasts and having people on. And, yeah, man, just run full force at it, guys. If you want to do it, nobody's really going to say no. And I'm glad that you guys feel that I was something. Um, to me, I just feel like I'm a regular guy who talks about hockey. That's all I am. Right. Do you know Craig Ballard from Jay's Talk? Or, I know uh, Craig. Yep. Craig is a Craig, I would yeah. say a good friend because I never had to meet him in person. But I know him through – TikTok and Twitter and getting talked to him. Yep. He he's an insanely nice guy. I talk to him often. Like even when I'm in my in his TikTok lives, he remembers who I am. He always pulls up his glass of water because one time he, I asked what he was drinking. Anyways, that's who you remind me of, but the but the least version. You're just so yeah, out, out there, like you're so nice. You're you communicate well. You you seem to even if someone I, I've seen you reply to people's replies to your stuff, it's just it's nice to see because a lot of we know all of us here know how Leafs fans are. Some of them are very stuck up and and aggressive, and it's well, nice. I, I don't know if you guys saw the other day, but apparently, apparently, I'm I'm rude and I attack people and go after them for using real life uh, scenarios to apply to a player on the Maple Leafs. So maybe I'm not the nicest anymore. <laughs> I I I didn't see that, but I don't see you being like. I don't think there's a mean a mean bone in your body. You seem very. Easy no, well, that's another thing too. One thing that 
I can't help but do is I like to read the comments and I like to reply to people. But when I reply to even negative people, it's always with, uh, hey, you know what? If you're making fun of me, thanks for stopping by and viewing the video. Have a great day. You know, or hey, if you're picking on me, you're leaving somebody else alone or whatever. It's just I don't try to go into the negative things because there's too much of it. And I get a lot from Leafs fans on my videos. You know, why are you so positive? Why are you so happy? You know, because it's hockey. It's supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be excited about this. Can you be mad about it? Yes. But to hold on to Wayne Simmons not playing or, you know, a giveaway by a player seven months later and it'd be the burning stick in your craw that is pissing you off for every day. It's like, wow, dude, what else do you have going on? Because you need something because <laughs> most. But no, I just, I don't know. I like, I like being nice, like having fun and I like supporting everybody. So I'll never change that. And if it's my downfall, like I said, so be it. Cool. Well, we thank you for this. And we thank you for the words of advice and the kind words. And we hope to try and have you on hopefully maybe a month or two from now when things are getting going to see how Lisa you're doing your thoughts on everything. Feel free. Okay anytime you. you guys want to reach out or you, uh, you want somebody on as long as uh, it's this time of night, I'm all good. I got uh, two young girls, so they come first, getting them to bed and having the time with them in the evenings is key. But this time of night, always. It's an hour difference. It's almost 10 o'clock here, but always ready to rock and roll. Well, thank you, James. Remember, this is James from Offside Talk or Offside or um, Offside Hockey Talk, I guess, technically. I guess that's your 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 username. And then your the username is Offside Talk because there's not enough characters. But, yeah, it's Offside okay. Hockey Talk. Um, check it out. But make sure you uh, tune in the boys at least talk forever. Thank you, James. Thank you. See you later, guys. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, good And there's James. There he goes. Absolutely great guy. I uh, yeah. I thought I was gonna cry at the end. <laughs> great advice he gave us. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah, I, that who will just put his heart out for you and everything. And it, it kind of reminded me of a similar situation with us as a team because we we try to motivate people. We motivate young women in sports. We motivate um, anyone, whether you're a different race, ethnicity, religion, whatever, like to to try and do better, never give up. And and that's basically the advice that he gave us when we're always trying to. Feed that to other people so it's kind of nice to help the next guy in line or next person in line um what do you guys think i mean besides the the talking about the leafs like i would i would have that guy on three times a week and we don't even do the podcast three times a week <laughs> yeah i thought uh he was nice he seemed to be knowledgeable um wish there was a bit more we we could have t- talked about but if we have him on in another month we could always bring other stuff back that we, we missed out on today but hey seemed seemed like a good guy you don't really and maybe this is just from our personal experience you don't usually run into people that often that are that um in in enthused about helping everybody else and want to make sure everybody else is always in a good mood or a positive mood or so that was a nice change of, of pace for for us to experience that yeah, so next time we get them on, maybe we could try and do a, a larger episode. I mean, usually we try and stick to the hour because like Scott's in school. I have to add the podcast, go to work the next day, and Kyle's got to go to work. But also Thursday nights is, is, is Thursday night football, and Kyle's a big football fan. Um, so it kind of just brings us down to that hour and change. But hopefully next time we can we can do it for a larger scale, try and get them on frequently throughout the season. 
He could be our regular guest. Uh, we can do larger episodes of that works for you guys. I know once football ends, Kyle will be a little bit more available because baseball will end and, and school with Scott. And I, I feel like Scott will just kind of work around school. We'll try and work around a schedule, whether it be a different yeah, day. But... An hour, an hour, an hour and a half. So like, right now I'm good for it. And even if I did have something to do, I could just do it after or before. So I think that next time we, we have him on, maybe we, I mean, we can do check on how our predictions going and all that kind of fun stuff. So, um, yeah, that's been another episode of Least Talk Forever. Uh, we got our betting segment in from Kyle. We had a great interview with uh, James from Offside uh, Hockey Talk or Offside Talk on Twitter. Um, and of course, we did the preseason wrap up. Going back to next week, I believe next week will be game one. It's a back to back. So, We'll definitely need to change around how our schedules look. But we have Montreal, and I forget who the second opponent is on the Thursday. Um, But we do have a back-to-back next week. So we'll be doing game recaps again. uh, Similar situation to what we did last year, if you were with us last year before the the postseason. And, yeah, enjoy your night. Make sure you have some uh, get some bets in on DraftKings. Uh, Use the promo code THPN. Pardon me? Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, yeah. It's Thanksgiving weekend in Canada. I don't know how Thanksgiving weekend works. I know the states have a different week, and yeah. but I don't know how it works around the world. But if you are celebrating Thanksgiving, have a good Thanksgiving with your families. Be safe. Um, and, yeah, don't forget to rate, review, like, subscribe, comment, any concerns that you have, any changes you'd make. And uh, we'll see you next week, potentially um, reviewing two games. Hopefully. So, all right. Have a good night, everyone. Take care. Be safe. Be well. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. Go Leafs. Go. Go Leafs. Go. Go Jays. Go. Oh, yeah. Go Jays. Go. Remember, tomorrow, 407 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Do the conversions. Look it up on Google for the other times. But uh, support the Jays. 4 o'clock. 407 on Saturday. And I believe it was 207 Sunday. But we won't be going to Sunday. So. Yes, so so stay tuned for that. Hopefully, uh, Vladdy crushes the Jose Batista style home run. And um, yeah, and we'll 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 be catching up with the Jays next week too. We'll incorporate them for the Jays followers in Toronto because there's tons of them, obviously. So be well, have a good week, and we'll see you next week.